So uh, welcome to IQ Connections, everyone. This is our monthly podcast where we sit down to have a conversation with interesting people and their interesting stories. Uh, there's no set agenda to this. This is just meant to be an opportunity to hear someone's story and then take from it what you can and apply to your own life, your own learnings, uh, your own perspective. And uh, so far today with, uh, with us is uh, Derek Pang, a very interesting bio. He's a lifelong athlete. Uh, first starting off as a hockey and soccer player in his youth, and then for over a decade, an avid martial artist specializing in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai boxing. He's passionate about health and fitness. Derek was first introduced to yoga in 2010 after sustaining a severe traumatic brain injury, which left him in a coma for three and a half days, scary, and required him to take a considerable break from martial arts training. Accustomed to lifelong or lifetime of regular daily athletic activity, his search for an alternative physical challenge during this time led him to his discovery of yoga. The ensuing years of regular practice and consistent dedication helped him not only rehabilitate his brain injury, but also served to elevate both his physical and mental conditioning to optimize levels. Years later, Derek has not stopped practicing as is now an Asara Yoga Institute trained yoga teacher Academy a certified fitness trainer with over two decades of teaching experience. A passionate agent of positive change, Derek has recently created the school-based The Hero Project, a school-based mindful breathing, mobility, and movement initiative as a member of the Manitoba Brain Injury Board of Directors. Derek, most impressive bio. Um, first off, um, uh, how comfortable are you kind of talking to us about what led to your brain injury and, and how that impacted you and led you to, to your next stage of journey in terms of, of physical activity and such? Um, yeah, we'll dive right in. So please tell us what, uh, what happened that led to you be in a coma for three and a half days? So, um, well, that happened in May, 2010, but we'll just take it back a little bit um, and see kind of how we got there. Um, I am a mixed martial artist. My specialty is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I also train kickboxing, Muay Thai, um, and I've been doing that for over a decade now. When I first got into the sport, um, is my dream and intention to become a professional fighter. And that led me to a series of concussion problems. Growing up as a hockey and soccer player my whole life, always an athlete, um, I'm used to getting injured, whether that's a puck to the ankle, a big hockey check, or a kick to the shin, whatever, whatever it may be. And as an athlete, um, especially in the culture that I, I feel I was raised in, you just get back on the field and tough it out. I didn't understand uh, in 2010 that you can't do that with a concussion. Thankfully, concussion awareness is becoming more and more prevalent, and I want to be a part of that movement. Um, but at the time, in 2010, I didn't realize how bad it was. And I, it got really bad to the point where the doctors put me on medical leave. Um, I had a really severe concussion. I was very sensitive to light, um, noise. Just very um, moody, angry, 
um, nausea, nausea right after the concussions happened. Um, and I was put on that medical leave. And during that medical leave, I went up to my martial arts coach and I said, like, I don't, I don't know what to do with myself. I've grown up my whole life playing sports, being active. That was my identity, being an athlete. And now I have to sit on the sidelines for a month and do nothing. This is my first like, really major injury. Um, and just right, right by sitting there was one of my training partners, Lance, Lance Cartwright. And someone I looked up to, he was a professional fighter. Um, and I, he said, why don't you join me for a yoga class? And I said something that always piqued my interest. Um, but I never had the courage to go alone, especially in 2010. Um, it wasn't very prevalent for um, males to do yoga. It was more like a female thing, which is interesting. And I also want to be a part of that change. I'm getting more males attending to their self-care, their mental health um, through yoga and meditation, et cetera. Uh, but he invited me to a Bikram hot yoga class. And I don't know, are you familiar with what a Bikram hot yoga class is? I am not. So that style of yoga is a set sequence. So it's 26 postures. It's done in um, a hot room, which is heated to 105 Fahrenheit or, 100, or 40 Celsius. And the humidity of the room is 40% humidity. And it's for 90 minutes long. You're under bright light. You're in front of you. You're to the side. It's very intense. And I remembering at the end of the class, I was like laid on the floor, like covered in puddles of sweat. And I was like, what the heck? Like, are you joking? You're like, this is yoga. It was the hardest physical thing I've ever done. Hardest physical thing, hardest mental thing I ever did. I couldn't believe it. I went home that night and it was the most peaceful, most calm I've ever felt. So I thought, There's, there must, I need to get back there. That broke me down to my knees. Um, but I feel amazing now. What is this? And so I went back and I used, I got a one month pass and I went regularly for a month and it was really great. It was really helping me heal my brain, um, helped me heal from my concussion. Shortly after my month expired, um, I got a 10 class pass at the studio. I did a couple classes and then I was out at a bar and I got assaulted randomly by a gang. I got hit in the head with a cue ball, a fracture of my skull, and then I got stomped, I attacked. Um, by the the group and it was the closing time at this dive bar and there's no security around and what happened is um, I suffered a severe traumatic brain injury um, I was in a coma for three and a half days and I had um, about a week of retrograde amnesia after I woke up the moment I remember recalling like back to reality I had some really profound realizations. Um, a couple of them um, are, the, what is important in life is not what I thought was important before. What I thought important before was all the external. So how you look, um, what you own, the social ladder you're climbing, um, being concerned with social media, all that external. Um, I realized when I was strapped down in my hospital bed, um, because whenever I woke up prior to that week, I, I thought, I didn't know where I was. I tried to escape. Um, it's very intense. Um, I realized that external is not important. What is important is who you love. And I later learned that should include most importantly yourself. So who you love most importantly yourself who love you back 
and doing good onto the world, being that change. So when somebody's laying there on the floor, you're going to pick them up. You're not going to beat them when they're down. And that's just an analogy for being that change, um, being that positive shift. I also have a pretty immediate sense of forgiveness and a realization that if I didn't let go of this anger, this what was me attitude, um, the only person that would be losing would be me. The, the people I'm blaming, oh, I wanted them to get theirs. Um, why did they do this? Like, why did this happen to me? Those thoughts, the only people that that affects is myself. I'm the people that I care about, the people I surround myself with, those people that assaulted me, they are living their lives. They may be out on a vacation somewhere, having the time in their life. But me holding on to that grudge, that anger, Mm -hmm. that why me wouldn't serve me. So I let that go. Um, And forgiveness has been a big part um, of the path to healing there. And forgiveness is something we could all do. uh, I want to just back up for a moment. And because you've had this, this moment in time with this 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 major epiphany of that's life changing through a traumatic event. Yeah. And yet yeah. our past influences us so much to where we are today. What was it prior to this traumatic event that you feel was essential uh, that contributed to who you are today? That would good or bad that that kind of impacted you. In the short term, definitely it was, um, or in short sighted, the yoga, for sure. Me having practiced that yoga one month prior to this severe traumatic brain injury while recovering from my concussion gave me a tool, gave me a comfort so that when I was cleared to return to physical activity, I was able to turn to yoga because I had that tool on my tool belt already. And that's Mm -hmm. a big lesson that I learned on my path ahead, which we will get into is the more tools we put on our tool belt, the more self-care tools um, we put on our tool belt in good times prior to traumatic incidents. And it doesn't have to be a brain injury. That can be a breakup, a death, a death um, getting fired, a car accident, a loss, whatever. One thing that is certain in life, we will all experience lows. So the more, more tools we get on our tool belts um, when we're healthy, when we're aware, the better we are equipped to deal with adversity and the more resilient of human beings we could become. So for sure, the yoga establishing that self-care habit um, helps. And then the, which, and then, but also very important is family and friends. So having uh, my family, friends, coaches come visit me in the hospital and made me realize how lucky, how, how lucky I was to have what I had um, to have Mm -hmm. that support that care, people caring about me, because I can see someone in a different circumstances where this happens to them, and they're laying in the bed all alone, and no one's coming to visit them. That's very, very little hope there, um, especially if they haven't gathered tools, self-care tools, where they can look after themselves on their own. Um, how, how, when you when you think about when you think about your when your younger days and your involvement in martial arts. How has that impacted who you are today? Well, it's interesting. When, when I wanted to go get into martial arts in the first place, it was all for external reasons. It was all the ego. So I wanted to become a professional fighter because that's the male, that's the most masculine thing to do. That's um, the cool thing to do. That's, that's the alpha thing to do. That's um, gonna bring you money, fame, notoriety women, all that external. Um, and that 
was a lot of the motivation um, before. And then why I practice martial arts now is for many different reasons. Some of the reasons are the same. The, the physical exercise being number one, physical activity is the most powerful thing we could do for our brain. But the reasons I train uh, now for the community, for mastering a skill, for self-confidence, for interesting. I, I love what I'm learning. Um, I love, and now with over a decade of experience, I also love teaching others and mentoring others and being that change, being a leader. Um, I realize what is important and that doesn't have to be martial arts. That's, that's, those concepts can be applied to many other fields. Yeah, you're, you're so right on that. Our, our internal motivations are, whether it's extrinsic or intrinsic in nature, really dictate so much what we get out of an activity, an event, uh, how we see ourselves, how we interact with others. It's, it's, it's fascinating what, what, how, where we start and where we really end up learning where the true value comes from. Uh, Absolutely. With, and with the and I was just going to say, and the, yep. oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, and with the with the extrinsic rewards, those rewards generally are not right away. Um, the intrinsics are always available to you in the present, in the right here and now, is where we should try to spend and occupy most of our time. And when we focus on the intrinsic rewards, we can celebrate and delight in those all ways. Mm -hmm. I I I um when I think about what has been most satisfying, it's not. It's not necessarily that anybody's ever noticed. It's just internally to me, recognizing that, oh, I'm really pleased with how that went. And, and then the sense of, 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 of accomplishment, but more importantly, just the sense of contributing is, is really where the value is. Absolutely. I'm gonna to touch on uh, the concussion. Uh, I, I grew up in an era as well where if you if you got your bell rung, you just the coach always held up two fingers, and you always knew to say two, and and then you went back out on the ice um, or you went out on the field. Uh, how how much do you think our our society culture in general is is shifting from that mentality of where you didn't admit that you were hurt to recognizing the importance of of identifying no I've, I'm I'm not well. How well do you think we're doing as a society today on that front? We're making progress, and uh, I think we have to celebrate that. And that not, I think we have to look at progress in all aspects of our life and celebrate that rather than be destination orientated. Can we be doing better? Heck yes, we could be doing so, 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 so much better. But we are making progress, and that's something to celebrate. Um, why I believe we'd be doing so much better is I talk to many professional athletes and hear prof um, stories, um, but not only professional athletes, um, generally, generally any athletes, okay, those competitive athletes that are going into fights or games concussed, whether that be because of pride or because they need the money. Um, and we need to find solutions for that. One of the things I've been personally struggling with, I, I'm a, a big fan of football. I love watching football. Yeah. I love playing football. And I'm struggling with the idea that um, um, uh, teams go out in a very violent physical game for my entertainment that's impacting their long-term health. 
what is your view on on professional sports where there's a high risk of concussion whether it's football mixed martial arts um even uh, hockey what what's your view on this um that's their choice that's the choice of those football players those martial artists to engage in those activities um and we have to allow people choice um that's that's the ultimate of our freedom. What can we do is we can be the change ourselves. So if you don't, if you um, don't believe in that, then don't watch it. Or if you want them to realize what is at risk is get involved um, in that arena and as such. And that's why I joined um, the Manitoba Brain Injury Board of Directors so I can have a voice in that field. And I'm not telling people not to, not to do football or not to do martial arts. Those are things I, I love as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want them to be aware of the risks that are at hand. But not only the risks, what are some symptoms of having a brain injury? What, and, that the, and knowledge that there are options we could do if we are hurt. So mm-hmm. for, like, as a lifelong athlete myself, like, I couldn't imagine, like, what am I going to do with myself if I can't? be physical but there what i learned as i recovered is there's so much more you can attend to you can attend to your mental health with Mm -hmm. meditation yoga journaling self-affirmation relaxation after your times gratitude you could attend to your spirit by meaningful relationships community laughing playing continuously learning, reading books, educating yourself. Um, you could attend to your physical body with proper hydration, nutrition, getting out in the sunlight, being active. There's so much things we could do to optimize our human being and our human potential beyond the physical. And it's showing these injured people or people going through um, difficulties that they're not alone if you hit your head if you get your concussion it is normal to feel anger it is normal to feel depressed it is normal to have short-term memory it is normal to um like lose things like show them all um it's normal to be impulsive will you be all of them maybe maybe not will you be some maybe maybe not but just bringing awareness to the consequences of that physical activity getting hit in the head of playing those sports and showing them some alternate options on how they can heal and how they can prevent injury. When you, when you're listing all those symptoms, I was just thinking that's my normal state. I might be walking around concussed all the time. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> what, and, um, but it's not, 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 on, not only concussed, but, but, but we get knocked into patterns. So you're recognizing the patterns you're living your every day, but with awareness of those patterns, you can start to shift and they don't have to be big shifts. You don't have to change your entire identity. You would do small shifts moving towards creating new pattern patterning. You know, new you, normal, and that's a big thing. Yeah. How did you, how did you, so I want to touch on that. You're, you you hit on one of the questions I wanted to ask you. You had a certain pattern of interest and you were able to make that shift and you just just a moment ago you listed off a, a long list of alternative activities that people can engage in 
How, how did yeah. you make that shift yourself? How did you recognize that first off, I had a bunch of alternatives, and secondly, how did you, how did you make it happen so that it became a, a common practice for you? With action. I made it happen with action, and I came upon these because I needed to. My brain was broken. It wasn't where it was before, and I wanted to get back to where it was before, but on the path, I realized there's no getting back to who you were before. And that's not, not only for brain injury people, that's for anyone, anyone listening here. You're, you're never able to be that person you were yesterday or that a minute ago, a second ago. Um, Mm -hmm. What is important is recognizing who, what, where you are in the now and moving forward with choice, with action towards where you want to be, which you already are. Mm-hmm. If you just allow mm-hmm. it to be. So you, you're, what you're really emphasizing here, and I think is incredibly important, is that um, around choices, uh, the, that we have control over the choices we make. When we feel stuck, though, how do we help ourselves recognize that we actually do have, in fact, that power of choice? We, we live in a great time where we have information at our fingertips. We have inspiration all around us. Um, mm-hmm. So it's reading books, listening to podcasts, surrounding yourself with people that inspire you, um, people that love you. Who, who, are like those people, people, who, who are those people for you, Derek? Who inspired you? For me, my, who inspires me? I'm inspired yeah. by, I try to find inspiration in everyone. Um, there is inspiration to be found in everything. Um, and when we view the world through that lens, we see that. Um, so that's what I try to view the world. I try to find inspiration in everyone. Even like, oh, that person, there's something positive you can find in everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but so many people inspire me. My family inspires me. My coaches, my training partners inspire me. Uh, I often go um, travel around North America to go to different conferences, um, especially in Austin, Texas. I've developed a second home there um, where I go train with the people at Onnit, which their mission is all about total human optimization, optimizing um, the mind, the body, the community. Um, so I surround myself with people that are going for their win, that are in the pro, that are enjoying the progress. Um, rather than being caught up in that destination orientated mentality where we're never satisfied where, because when we become present and enjoy the process, like this is it, we're in it. What, what better can you ask than that? One of the things that you, that you touched on reminded me of something I had been told for people who are really struggling and whether that's through uh, mental health issues or, or maybe tragic events in their life, just accomplish one thing to start start your day, and something so simple as make your bed, and absolutely, and check. Now you've see action resulted in an outcome, and then and then go from there. I, your level of commitment to taking action, I think, is a very important message for people. Small steps doesn't have to be accomplish everything all at once. It's just the take a step, do something, build on it. Absolutely, and that's what my whole hero project is. That's my um, breathing, mobility and movement based 
initiative that I have implemented in schools um, in Winnipeg and in Austin that teaches the power that we hold within of choice. And it's small steps, small steps like the power of your breath, the power of your posture, the power of a smile, and the most powerful of them all, the power of now. Being present, how do you become present? Bring awareness to your breath, bring awareness to your posture, bring awareness to your vibration, your smile. And those are changes you could do in the instant moment that change the way you, you view the world, that change the messages you're unconsciously sending to your brain via the autonomic nervous system. Yes. I, I'm, tell, me, tell us about the, what's, what's your experience? How do the kids react to your program? They love it. It's they're they're experiencing that they can shape the way they experience reality. And if the listener, if they don't believe me, they try it and they see that it's true. Um, starting with the breath, so we could breathe one of two ways. We could breathe in our upper lobes of the lung, which sends a signal to our brain that we're in a state of danger, distress, unease. So that activates the sympathetic nervous system, or we could breathe nasally into our lower lobes of the lungs using our diaphragm respiratory muscle. And that instantaneously, those deep breaths, these deep calm breaths send the signals to the brain that I'm safe, I'm secure, I can rest, I can relax, there's no danger. So they, and they see it, they understand the power of the breath, wow. And then the next week they learn the power of posture how just like our breath sends a message to our brain, so does our posture. Our modern world has ever hunched over, typing, texting, working forward, but that rounding of the shoulders is not only causing a lot of neck pain, spine pain from gravity constantly pressing down on our bodies, but that rounded, hunched over, small position is sending the brain that we're making ourselves small and that increases our cortisol, the different stress hormones versus shoulders back, opening the chest, exposing our vital organs, because we're safe and that lowers stress, that lowers cortisol. And then the power of a smile, how when you smile, it changes the way the chemistry being produced in your brain versus not. But I'm not, and I, and I always remind the kids and I'm not telling you to go, go around with a Cheshire cat smile all around <laughs> the day because that's, that's really weird. That but weird. you can smile with your eyes. You can smile with your eyes. You can smile with your heart. Even just, choosing to put forth an intention of positivity versus being unaware or not changes the way you experience the world. And with those three knowings, with those three awarenesses, they can shape the reality. With those three awarenesses, they can choose to be present. They can choose to attend to the power of now. How do they become present? Bring awareness to your breath. How am I breathing? When you bring awareness to your breath, you become present. Bring awareness to your posture. Bring awareness to your vibration. By attending to one, all four of those powers fall into place. Breath, posture, vibration, presence. So there's, yeah, so how do the kids like it? They're loving it. And there's, we have tests. Um, the kids fill out surveys before and after as do their teachers. And the results are astonishing. Um, every, there's improvements all across the board in terms of, awareness of these concepts, but in terms of behavior in the classrooms, academic scores, stress levels. What, um, uh, Hero, this, this is amazing work, Derek, and I think so important. I, I personally am a huge proponent of uh, physical activity for students, 
it helps the ability to concentrate. You're adding a whole additional layer to that that is as important, if not more important. What is one of your, what's one of your favorite stories of the impact of the HERO project in the schools? Or is it one that you can share with us? The impact is the kids like lighting up when they see me and excited to learn more. They're thirsty for this knowledge and their brains are very meldable. It's easy to get these concepts into a young brain versus me teaching this to someone I'd say that in their 40s or 50s because of, like you said, those patterns we've had in the past, that conditioning of not doing this thing. So we have to find, create new normals um, by putting in these positive reps. And it's a lot easier to create a new normal for an eight-year-old than it is like a 45-year-old. Mm -hmm. Just by the negative reps put in in those 45 years and that unawareness in those 45 years. What have you, what have you heard from, from teachers specifically about how it's made a difference for them in their classroom? One great thing that I hear from teachers is not only it gives their students um, awareness of the power they hold within to attend to their self-care, but it gives the teachers an opportunity to attend to their own self-care while the kids do because the teachers lead the breathing exercise or, the stu or sometimes the students, once they get familiar, they will lead these activities, these movement exercises, these movement breaks interspersed periodically throughout the class. It also gives the teacher um, some time to attend to their movement, their mobility, their stress in the middle of their workday. It's a really win-win for everyone involved. We, um, we often start some of our meetings with breathing exercises as a, as a group uh, at work. And when it was first introduced, I, I have to admit, I was a little, little hesitant, but it makes a difference. Your ability to focus, clarity of thought, the, um, the, just the calmness that is established at the start of the meeting that really improves our ability to focus as a group. The, um, Absolutely. Go ahead. I said absolutely, and this is research-based, the power of the breath. Mm -hmm. where, does, where does the HERO Project go from today? What, what are your plans for HERO Project? My plans for the HERO Project is continue, continue to introduce it into schools that are wanting to learn. I need to be partnered with champions of change, teachers and staff and administration that believe in this um, because what the HERO project is, is me going into the schools to train the teachers, the staff on how to implement this in their classrooms by role modeling this teaching um, to them in front of their classes and working with their children. But then I leave after my four weeks um, and giving them everything they need. They have all the breathing exercises, um, they have all the mobility, all the movement exercises, all the infographic information, videos of it all, written descriptions of it all, um, bonus written exercises, bonus art exercises, bonus guided meditation, relaxation exercises. This is all provided to teachers. Uh, but what I learned from my experience with um, past work of, of this such, um, you need to be partnering with Champions of Change because you can give schools everything. I used to work for um, Adidas and Reebok for their nonprofit um, Box Build Their Kids Success Initiative, which in over a thousand Canadian schools promoting the profound impact of physical activity. And it was an absolutely brilliant program. Uh, it's funded by the Public Health Agency of Canada um, and Adidas. And they used to gift schools with 
over $250 of equipment, free shoes to all their trainers, tons of curriculum, tons. And from my experience, a lot of this, a lot of it just collected dust in the corner of a room because they weren't invested. So I'm wanting to partner up with schools and administration and teachers that believe in this and want to get involved. And that's who I've been working with. And that's why this project has had such a huge success. But these concepts um, expand far beyond the grade three and eight classrooms. I teach professional development workshops um, for different school divisions, different organizations where I talk about similar and um, topics and the power of choice, the importance of self-care. Just yesterday, I spoke to a school, um, it's grade six, seven, eight. I was the keynote speaker, spoke for 45 minutes in front of 450 students and staff about just what we're talking about now. And just planting those seeds, just planting those seeds, holding no expectation, being the change. What, um, what, why is, why is there a hesitation or um, why isn't this maybe more widespread? Uh, what is, what is our fear? If, if it's that, if I could phrase it that way, why, why not have a wider adoption on, on mindfulness and, and our ability to really, you know, get calm with ourselves and focus on our breathing and, and understanding the impact Be it is. Because the new normal is scary. And I was forced to find the new normal because of necessity. But for those that are and really, like, everyone should be working towards that new normal, constantly improving, continuous growth and learning. But um, as human beings, we like to know. And that's why you, you often see and hear about people living in their hell, whatever that may be, rather than doing something about it. Because they would at least, they'd rather be in the, com the uncomfortable known than the comfortable unknown. Yeah. Because at least with what is known they've done that before that's right yeah and it goes to your point earlier you know, we have a power of choice take an action build on that action and knowing that you have control over it Derek I, I've got and, one yeah and having faith having faith over fear and often people are uh, held back and anchored down by fear and it's just having faith that by moving forward, you are, you're already doing it. Like, this is it. We're in the progress, and what more could you ask? And moving forward and being that what, change. What's, um, what's one thing you want to challenge people with today? If, to, to our listeners, what do you want to say to them and challenge them on? Take action. Stick to the basics. Over time, they're going to find their own rhythm, their own routine, their new normal. Um, and it's not something that is just going to happen. You have to actively plan. You have to, like I said, take action and choose this. Um, and hold yourself accountable, whether that be you write that down on a paper, in your calendar, use an app. I use the app Productive. Um, announce your plan to others. Commitment buddies, take action. Hold yourself accountable. And look for opportunities to practice um, this forward movement this progress forward and they're all, they're all around us. Those opportunities are always, because as I said, that forward movement can just be bringing awareness to your breath, bringing awareness to your posture, bring awareness to your vibration, bring awareness to are you present or are you not? Um, and just understanding the importance of this. And because if you don't see it as important, then um, 
no matter what you do, it will not work beneficially. And one of the things that you did, uh, remember. One, one of the things that you did, Derek, that I think is so impressive is that you sought out people who could uh, support and reinforce the actions that you wanted to take and the difference it made for you. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And if you can't, and if you're, you cannot do that in person for whatever reason, because um, you have a family to take care of, or you're stuck in this place, or you you have to work all the time, you could always pop in a headphone, or you could always read the bus, the book on the way to work, or um, you can look for inspiration in all the people around you. Um, because remember, this is all an active choice. Let's remember to treat it as such. But um, we live in a very fortunate time. There's um, opportunity all around. We are in abundance if we choose to see the world through that lens of abundance. Derek, on that, opportunity. Note, on that note, I, I'm going to close out. I, I think that is just the most excellent way to end our conversation. You are a fascinating person to overcome uh, traumatic events and are an inspiration to so many people. So thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. And you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.